Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. You wonder about some of these passages in Scripture, passages which seem to say very restraining, very old-fashioned things like, wives, submit to your husbands. Well, my friends, I'm of the belief that those passages, although they exist, are due to very specific temporary events going on in the first century. Many Christians disagree with me, but whatever your opinion, one thing is undeniable. No woman in her right mind would ever submit to a husband unless he was a really cool guy like Jim Barrier. Jim, welcome to our program. Wow. Now, there's an introduction. We might have to call Leslie in and get her view on this. I think Leslie has an incredibly healthy and whole understanding of the scriptural roles between men and women, husbands and wives, etc. Talking about women in the scripture, and as you uh, mentioned, a particular verses in the Bible that really seem to conflict with people's morals and conscience and just how they can get along, how we can make this apply to 21st century Christianity. So let's just tackle these one at a time. The first one is in Ephesians 5, and it's a very famous passage, popular passage. I read from it a lot of times in wedding ceremonies, but the line that just crosses people up says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Now, some translations say, wives, obey your husband. And I've had on occasion, I just had a wedding last night, and when I, I meet with the couple and we do counseling and stuff, and I've, I've often, not often, but a few times, had the bride-to-be say, I don't want you to say that part about obeying your husband. <laughs> and I say, okay, I won't say that part. I, I've done weddings um, where they've asked me not to say that part either, although I don't volunteer to say that part anyway. Well, when I use that passage... I not only read the word as submit yourselves, but I do what almost no other pastor does that I know. That's verse 22. I start with verse 21. And here's how it sounds when you start with verse 21. And as you know, the Bible wasn't written with chapters and verse numbers. in it. Those were put on later on so people could kind of find their way around. Kind of like the precursor to the Mark Reference Bible. So numbers and chapters and verses, those things did not exist. It was just a letter. So Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus, and if you pick up in verse 21, it says, Submit yourselves to one another in fear of Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. And then he goes on this long dissertation. I'm going to keep reading. I'm just going to read some of this. Christ is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, here's where it gets dicey. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her. And I read this thing and I always say, you know, any man, any husband who will live sacrificially and lay down his life for his bride will have no trouble gaining the respect of his wife. The problem is for so long and in so many instances, and I've had people in my own churches, men, who take this line and they say, see, I'm in charge here. She has to obey me no matter what. And I always say, if you don't live Christ-like and set an example of being sacrificial and love unselfishly the way Christ loves his bride, the church, but you insist on your wife obeying you, you're a hypocrite. 
It's just the epitome of hypocrisy to insist that she keep her half of the bargain, but you don't have to keep yours. Actually, and, and I take absolutely. a much simpler approach than that. That very same passage yeah. says slaves obey your masters, and nobody today yeah. is going to justify slavery. We understand yeah. that slavery was an institution that Paul didn't even believe in. Paul himself yeah. condemns it several times in the New Testament, yeah. and yet he didn't want to start a violent revolution. So he told the slaves to obey their masters, and wives were a kind of slave. In those days, a man purchased a wife like he purchased a slave. And I find it very interesting that Christians today will quote this, wives submit to your husbands, and they'll ignore slaves submit to your masters. If it's so easy to understand that the slavery command was something temporary and impermanent, why is it so hard to view the other command that way? Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I think what's happened is the church often rides on a pendulum back and forth from one extreme to another. And we do it with Calvinism, Arminianism, and we do it with, you know, all these different things. And so right now, because of political correctness and because of the mood of the day, there's a great movement and emotion within the church to say, well, women don't have to submit. And Men and women are the same, and it's true. Paul said, in Christ, there is neither male nor female. He said those words. But he didn't uh, mean it the way people are interpreting it today. No, no. And I think we have to recognize that there are different roles, there are different gifts. By the way, last time I was on a show, or one of the recent shows, I kind of went off on a thing, and I was very serious and very heartfelt, but I talked about the need for men to go in and get an annual checkup, especially if you're over 50. You should be going in once a year and getting checked because prostate cancer is a big killer among men in our society. And what I didn't say, because I was trying to be serious about that issue is if you go to your doctor for a prostate exam and if he finds a prostate then i don't care how you identify he's going to identify you as a male yeah, <laughs> he doesn't true. find a prostate i don't care how you identify he is going to identify you as female okay i just wanted to get that off my chest but yeah see we're doing all this stuff we're, you know hey, we're you know jim we may be on to something here the cure for cancer you get diagnosed with cancer and you just say i identify as somebody who doesn't have cancer and no well, doctor yeah. in the world would be allowed to say boo about it without losing his license well and if you're a christian science practitioner i suppose <laughs> yeah, with the Christian science, and then if the guy dies, he says, well, I don't identify with the fact that he's dead. I think his spirit's still alive. Yeah, well, that's the old joke. What does the Christian science practitioner say when he dies? I'm not really dead, and it's not really hot here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a very good friend that is part of that religion, but she got vaccinated and wore a mask religiously. <laughs> I didn't understand that. Okay, so we're in Ephesians chapter 5, and Paul is giving this teaching for husbands and wives. But here's something I think we miss too much, too often. He teaches this thing. He talks about women submitting to husbands, husbands living unselfishly and sacrificially for their bride. But then he closes that segment by saying, I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. And all of that was to say a marriage, a proper marriage between a man and a woman— and I'm, st I'm so old-fashioned, I still believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. And that is supposed to be a representation of Christ and his church. We are supposed to reflect the loving relationship that Christ has with his church and that the church has toward Christ. And that's what a husband and wife are supposed to be demonstrating. They're supposed to resemble Christ and his church. And I think we miss that all too often. 
that that's the bigger picture. And as we said, in Christ, there is no male or female. Now, I... In terms of status, uh, he doesn't mean that we don't still yeah, have our yeah. own gender and sexuality. Yeah, we exactly. You know, and then there's the thing where people say, well, there's no one married in heaven. Because Jesus said at one time, he said, you'll be like the angels and... There, there won't, you know, but that doesn't mean we won't heaven. be male and female. It just means there'll be some no, other absolutely. kind of commitment to go with our love. Exactly. But the point I'm trying to make is that this bigger picture of eternity and the kingdom of God, and that needs to be the focus that everything else finds its place in. I think it's challenging enough for Christian couples to have a healthy marriage, a marriage that lasts. Outside of Christ, I don't know how people do it. In the old days, people would get married, and that's what they did, and and they just stayed married even if they hated each other. Now, even Christians, the divorce rate among Christians is just as high as it is in the secular community. And I think it's because we've lost sight of the fact that we're supposed to live with an eternal economy. Now, by the way, as far as being married in heaven, someone told me, you and Leslie aren't going to be married in heaven. And I said, that's okay, we're going to live common law. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she'll probably have a nicer mansion than I will. So I'll just move in with her. I'm trying to say here, we need to get our perspective right. We get so focused on the here and now and the world's values and what society says, and we need to understand there's this bigger picture. Marriage is very important. I think it's the most important institution in humanity. Even ahead of the church, I think that the family takes priority in God's economy. And so I very much believe in marriage and in families, but it serves a purpose while we're here on earth. And we need to keep sight of the fact that we're going to spend eternity with the Creator and with each other. And this is, if you will, this is just a trial basis. It's like an audition. It's like spring training. We're just practicing here because it's going to be such a greater existence when we move into eternity. So wanted to say those things about marriage. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.